So it is Thursday night, and Game 2 of Lakers-Warriors just wrapped up. We're giving our live reactions to what was an eventful Game 2, if you're a Warriors fan, and not so great if you're a Lakers fan. How are y'all feeling? Fantastic as the Lakers hater. This was beautiful. <laughs> a beautiful showing from the from the Warriors. A masterclass from Steve Kerr. It is great to see the series back at 1-1, and I'm very excited to hear what y'all have to say about this game. Bro, <sighs> I, I feel terrible. I feel terrible. <laughs> I saw Tristan Thompson dunk for the first time since I was 16 years old. What 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 was that? I saw Tristan Thompson in playing time. I saw Shaquille <laughs> Harrison out there. He looked like Russell Westbrook to me. I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tristan, uh, Tristan Thompson spotting is crazy. For those who don't know, game one of the series, the Lakers came out. They defeated the Warriors in Oakland, or in San Francisco, I should say. And yeah. it was a Darvin Ham masterclass, and they had a perfect game plan. They didn't allow Steph to eat off ball. They... Just had Anthony Davis in the paint, destroying anything the Warriors want to do at the rim. It was everything you want to see as a Lakers fan. The game two, Steve Kerr made all the right adjustments. And they came out, and I don't even know if the game's over. We're recording this in the fourth quarter because the Lakers were down by 30. But (laughs) it's not close. Steve Kerr realized that they're not going to be able to do the off-ball shit that they always do against the Lakers who are going to top-lock it and prevent Steph from getting the ball. So they said, okay, we're going to give Steph Curry the ball every time, and he's going to run a million pick-and-rolls, and you're not going to be able to deny it. And it worked. Absolutely. And to help spread out the four a lot more, they clapped Kevon Looney's minutes and put in yep. Michael Green, who was actually like, he's been a quality player over the last few years of his career. And yeah. they yeah, dusted 15. him off. Yeah, he had 15. He, I, I want to say like, I saw this graphic on ESPN said like he got like, what, 23 minutes for the entirety of the playoffs. And in only, I think, 15 minutes of play, he had 13 points. Shot like two for... Yeah five or something like that from three or he made three threes or something like that. he was magnificent he was honestly like a game changer for them mm-hmm. yeah it was great and it, it was more so just like getting Kevon Looney out of there because in game one Anthony Davis was just a god amongst men with the paint on defense because yeah. the Warriors had zero spacing with Draymond and Kevon Looney in there which you know as we've seen over the years can work with the right matchups but when you have a defense that was as tightly knit and as smart of a game plan as the Lakers had against them game one, they just had to have the spacing because they got zero shots at the rim. I think the free throw discrepancy last game was like over 25 of a difference. Yeah. So, but this yeah. game, like you said, with without Looney in there, they had all the space in the world. Steph was eating at the rim again. The Lakers have a lot of adjustments to make, I'll say that. Yeah, exactly. Like, bro. Donovan, I need to hear this lander. Let's just you have that smile on your face. You're green. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, like, listen, the, the big things is that like one, the Warriors also got out like the they, they got out in transition. They had they had seventeen mm-hmm. transition, they had seventeen points in transition uh in this game. They had fourteen in game one, but it didn't feel like like they were able to yeah. get out running, right? So I they they definitely felt faster tonight. Yeah, because uh, they're smaller, right? Yeah. Helps. You, you know, and so and the the thing that you're talking about putting Curry into these pick and rolls, it's what we saw in Game Seven and against the against the Kings. He ran a million pick and rolls there, and you're probably you're gonna if the Warriors want to be successful, I think that they're gonna have to do that for the rest of the series. No, for but, sure. Yeah, especially because like you know, Vet. Vando is guarding him the same way that Davion Mitchell is, and when you have these guys who are like ultra aggressive, you have to you have to get them off you you know kind of high and kind of kind of fast. So there's there's that. the The rebounding also was not an issue tonight. They won on the boards, and even though like the Lakers they got to so the Lakers were ten of seventeen from the free throw line today, 
right? Under Damn. under under sixty percent, you have to be able to get there, and you have to be able to yeah. to convert. That's that's the problem. I, it's all of that, and the fact that Anthony Davis did not show up to. He didn't play well tonight. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't, he didn't play well. And it's interesting why, because so it was very very different experience from game one, and you could tell the Warriors took that experience from game one and said we're not letting that shit happen again. Yeah. Because yeah. in game one, he ate on the boards. I think he had 17... Re- no, he had 20 rebounds, right? Because he had Tw- a 30 20, and 20 game. He had 23 rebounds. He had seven yeah. tonight. And it was basically because Kevon Looney just could not keep up with him. He was too slow-footed, too small. AD was dominating him on the boards, offensive and defensively. And every time they gave him the ball facing up, he was just way too quick for him. Mm-hmm. So, like we said, they took Looney out of the starting lineup and basically put Draymond on him all game. They had Draymond as a primary defender and... Every every wing, especially Wiggins, was helping a lot on AD rolls at the rim. They were coming in at the nail, which basically means by the free throw line, and double teaming yeah. him, forcing Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, all these wing players to beat them at open threes. And AD's not good at passing out of those or knowing how to attack sooner so you can't throw the double. So it really has neutralized them. Yeah, yeah. 100, 100%. You, and you're going to see that like with... In the field goal attempts, he only he only took eleven shots tonight, which is yeah. which is ridiculous. Crazy. And, the rim. and then, obviously, right, like he doesn't play the whole fourth quarter. That's that is it, yeah. it is yeah. it is it is what it is. But his his first half was extremely disappointing because I think he he finished the first half with like five points or something like that. And it's disappointing because LeBron came out, and this was probably as athletic Vintage. and smooth as I've seen LeBron in a couple yeah. in a couple of games. Right, like there's times where where like you'll see the burst from LeBron on a player two, he you know he's yep. timing his, his chase downs. He was on go mode in the in the first half. He finished with, with twenty one points, and he came out in the second half one for five from the field, two points in in that third quarter. Everything kind of just unraveled. But the fact that Davis wasn't able to figure it out sooner and get LeBron some help, keep that game within like, and it was low key still in striking distance because it was, it was like eleven points. You could still do something yeah. in a half. But to not have that game as close as it was, with LeBron playing like that, I think that's a that's disappointing for Anthony, for Anthony Davis, and that's a problem. But this is one of those things. Th- this is one of the reasons why I don't think that the Lakers are going to win this series is because I don't think that you can consistently trust a- Anthony Davis to give you. A- Anthony Davis should average <laughs> twenty eight and twelve this entire series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do you do you, uh, do you at uh, least agree on that? Like like he he's clearly no. the most physically like it's not that talented. Simple, do do you agree on that though? That he's the most physically <laughs> yeah. talented player in the in the for sure for sure he has matchup advantages that we saw in game one. But this isn't necessarily about that. It's more so about the Warriors seeing that advantage and just eliminating it. They just said, okay, well your biggest advantage here is Kevon Looney and our other bigs cannot mm-hmm. guard you. So they're not going to guard you. They made the adjustment and said Draymond's going to guard you, who is one of the few players in the world that are equipped to guard basically everybody. So I don't think it's as simple as, like, Anthony Davis is the biggest guy. He has his advantage. He should eat. But, like, it's more so props to the Warriors. And now we have to see, is Darvin Ham going to come back in game three with his adjustment to that adjustment, you know? Yeah, exactly. If it's, it's, nothing Anthony Davis can do if the game plan is run high pick and rolls and they have to <laughs> throw two bodies at him every time. I... I I under I understand what you're saying. I don't I don't expect 38 and 23 every night from AD. I think coming out and obviously like 11 and seven is ridiculous. He's a, he's a he's a bucket away from a triple single, and it's just like <laughs> and it's just like if you are if you are our AD, and this bad bad games happen, 
right? I'm not going to act like Steph. Steph is going to finish with, I mean, Steph is going to finish with like 20 points. It was like a quiet night for him. It was right. He he wasn't crazy either. So I understand that like the numbers aren't always going to um, reflect the impact. But for Anthony Davis to be in this series and be as talented as he is, and we're saying all year, like, oh, AD's, AD's back. He's he's here on, on both ends yeah, of the yeah. floor, right? Top five player in the, in the world. And for you to come out and you getting locked up, like, if, if this he's happens... He's killing agendas. Huh? He's killing he's killing people's agendas, bro. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. He's he's strengthening mine. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, it's also, we're talking about the Warriors who are the smartest defense for the last decade. And they just beat his ass tonight. Like, they won before the game started with the game plan. And he didn't do a good job of being able to figure that out. But it's going to come down to can Darvin Ham figure out a way to allow him to figure it out. Because we just know AD is not going to beat you as a playmaker. And that's what the Warriors forced him to do tonight. He's not good at that. So if it continues to be they play the same way and try to run this square peg into the round hole, AD has got to play like shit. So you're right. That is his, his biggest flaw is being exposed by a team that knows how to expose it. So I don't disagree with you. I just think now it comes down to is Darvin Ham going to do his part as a coach to put him in the best position to succeed? Yeah, and how, exactly. how would how would you do that? I have to watch it again. I can't, I can't tell you on one watch, but yeah. probably they do a lot of things where they, um, you know, back in the Warriors 2020, not Warriors, the Lakers 2020 title run, they did a lot of those really low pick and rolls with LeBron and AD from yeah. the elbow. Yeah, that base they did that because there's less room for a weak side defender to rotate and slide in front of AD. Probably have to do stuff like that because right now these high pick and rolls, it's just so too easy for Andrew Wiggins to slide in and force Rui Hachimura to make threes. So probably has to be a lot of crazy stuff like that. That can't just be basic pick and rolls. Yeah, okay. you're speaking gospel right now. Speaking gospel, there's a lot of ways <laughs> to go go around and get through those things. Obviously, none of us are NBA head coaches. We don't do this shit for our job. We just like to watch it for fun and talk about what we see from our new perspective. Um, but like, this is just the game of of adjustments. This is where coaches, for sure. players' weaknesses get completely exposed, and this is where the coaches like they're literally they're coaching jobs and their legacies are on the line. And if yeah. Darvin Ham decides to run the exact same type of offense and like run these high pick and rolls and shit, like then they're probably done for. Do I expect him to do that? No. Do you think LeBron's going to sit here and let that happen? Hell no. Exactly. Um, for sure. That's, that's the key. LeBron yeah. in the game one was playing like Al Horford. I've been saying a lot throughout the season. He's been like purposely playing off ball, letting D'Lo and Reeves be the guys to cook and AD be the guy to run through in the pick and roll. And LeBron just plays off ball as a connector. And then when he gets transition opportunities, he'll get his points and do his part. But he has not been the primary ball handler. I think the Warriors made it clear tonight he has to be. If they're going to choose to play through AD, the Warriors know how to stop that. An AD offense is not a good matchup against the Warriors. It has to be LeBron-led offense. So we're going to find out, is LeBron playing off ball and slow because he's hurt? And he can't be the guy to run pick and rolls every play? Or is he saving it for when he needs to? And now's the point where he needs to. Man, right before the first half ended, I saw him talk to I saw Gary Payton talk to him, and I thought we were in for a masterclass second half, but he just ended up taking five shots and scored like two points. So yeah, that's <laughs> weird. It's been real weird. He looks very mortal and very old. But yeah, is exactly. it because the foot or is it because he's old and tired? I don't know. It's a, it's a little it's bit a combination of, both. of all. It's, it's both. We've seen LeBron pace himself throughout yeah. games for for years now. So I think I think it's that. I also think that the foot is like the foot is a problem. You know? He doesn't run fast. Like he very when he runs fast, it pops on the screen. You're like, oh shit, he's trying. Like yeah. he clearly doesn't have it in him to do that burst every time. It's probably painful. It's probably not as effective right now. 
which is you know that's if if you're gonna take the pessimistic view that's not gonna change probably until he gets surgery in the offseason so it's, it's i can see you not having faith be the in the first time he be- gets surgery right in his career oh yeah it's all he, he's probably had surgeries in the past couple of years those injuries he's had i don't know Actually, I don't know. It was groins and stuff. So you don't really need a surgery for a pulled groin. No, yeah, I, don't, you know? I don't. I don't think he's had a major. Surgery. Well, he, well, he's had the hairline surgery to get the plug-ins. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. But, yeah, man. Like Mo said, like this is like a game of adjustments, and this is. I, it's it's going to be a disservice because most of the conversation around the series is going to be AD good, AD bad, LeBron yeah. good, LeBron bad. And it's going to be real simple, but like. This is a adjustment masterclass we're seeing so far. These first two games, like we've said, like they are going back and forth, and we're seeing high level basketball from high level coaches. It's going to be incredible to keep watching, and I, I hope that gets attention. You know, nope, you, know I, I, not, you know, what's not high level though. Real quick, what Jordan Poole's not high level. <laughs> Bro, you had Zendaya out there. You're known for going crazy when the good looking women are out. And you knew that. <laughs> oh my God, Jordan, Jordan Jordan Poole tonight, 16, 16 minutes. Six points on on o o two from three. He is at there, there's li- there's times where he looks unplayable, and I would not be shocked yeah, if his I, watch. yeah, and I, I I would not be shocked if his minutes stay kind of the same here, and they get they get eaten up by by GP two and Divincenzo because it's not it's not only the the defense and the and the defensive laps from from Jordan Poole, it's it's just small mistakes. From 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 golly, it's small mistakes from pool that are an issue, and I think the biggest mistake, or the one that popped out to me, was at the end of the first half, where I think I think Steph had just scored a bucket, and pools running down the floor. You know that there's like three seconds left, and he slips and falls, and he starts like put puts on the turbo to try and catch up to Schroeder, <laughs> and I knew it when when I saw him put his head down to run. That he was gonna foul Schroeder going into <laughs> half, and what does he do? Can't control himself, gets caught, gets caught in the air. Foul Schroeder gives gives the other team two free throws, kills all the momentum going in. It's small things like that where I think that pool hasn't like, like he just can't help himself from doing those things. Yeah. And I think that there's gonna be a whole bunch of other less, you know, uh, there's gonna be other players that aren't gonna make aren't gonna make those mental mistakes. And that they're going to get that run, so I wouldn't be shocked if I saw For Jordan sure. Poole less You're and less. Absolutely right about that. Yeah, why would I play Jordan Poole when he's literally only giving you six points a night and like he's a zero on defense? Like it makes zero sense. So that's on point, Donovan. Uh, I just I'd rather have guys like Divincenzo, obviously GP two. Hell, throw Moses Moody in there because he can give me some fucking rebounds, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. dog. I remember during game one, I was saying in our group chat, um, when I was watching the game, I was like, I love Jordan Poole minutes as the Lakers fan. <laughs> I was like, keep him out there. I love this. And he had hit like three threes after I said that. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> it's it's going to, he's still a minus happen. four for the game for a reason. Like, it's going to, in totality, it'll average itself out and it'll be Jordan Poole production. A hundred percent. And what do you know? The game ended last game one ended with him taking a deep three for the win that did not go in. Like, it wasn't a bad shot, though. I, I don't. I don't it think was it was an okay shot. It's like what? It was not bad. I've, but it like, was unnecessary, unnecessarily difficult shot. They could have got something better that time. Like what? Anything else? Just don't pull that and let the offense continue to move. I, I mean, they had ten seconds left. He was at the apex of a shot, and he had no, not a single hand up. We've seen him hit shots like that before. 
And so, like, if he makes it, like, we're all screaming and dancing, make your miss leak. It's not that big of a deal, not that big of a shot. I just if you think were it's Steph like Curry, George do you want to see? If you're Steph Curry, do you want to see that shot be taken? I mean, no, no. But Steph was Steph was doubled, and everybody's saying yeah. like, "Oh, Poole could have taken a step in." If Poole takes a dribble and takes a step in, Vanderbilt's coming over, and he's he's sending that shot to the stands. Like, yeah. no, no, yeah, he should have taken a step in. That is, that does not make sense at all with the speed of a game. Yeah, he should have attacked the closeout, kept kicking the ball out, played his their Spurs basketball to like to play, and kept the ball moving. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't hate the. I don't hate the shot as much as as anybody else. I understand it's not the best shot, but I also don't think it was one of the worst yeah. options that they had. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's a fine so, option. So like, just, I'll live with it. It's okay. And you know, you know the old adage: pass up the good shot to find a great shot. Yeah. There was time to find a great shot. I think. Yeah. The, but listen, the way Poole was cooking, because he was throwing up some. He was just throwing up some prayers in game one, and they were going in. So I bet you he thought he probably thought like, "Oh, listen, I'm hot. I can I can do it." So I don't I don't hate it. Yeah, Mo, I'll ask you this as the third party unbiased member: Who do you think is winning the series now after what you've seen? Man, this is tough. You saw a great game. I want to say, yeah, you saw you saw a, a good game from the Lakers, but an even better game, in my opinion, from the. From the Warriors, yeah. blew them out by twenty-seven, which is insane. Um, it's tough, so tough to see. Like I, I know what to expect from the Warriors. Nothing from Jordan Poole. Like <laughs> I expect Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Jamichael Green now, and Steph, of course, to like do their thing. Um, but for the Lakers, like I said a couple podcasts ago, or maybe last podcast. Um, I just don't know what to expect out of Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and Dennis Schroeder. I know what Rui Hachimura is going to do. He's going to outscore the entire the opposing team's entire bench. <laughs> but it's just like it depends on what these other guys do around Anthony Davis and how they – how Darvin Ham more so just like decides to readjust. So I, I want to say this series is going to seven. To who's going who's gonna to win it? I don't know. I literally couldn't yeah. tell you. It's going seven though. Yeah, I – for me, it comes down to game three. We saw the Lakers come out with a great game plan to start, piss on the Warriors, and they make the adjustment and come back, defecate on the Lakers. So I feel like now it comes down to Darvin Ham saw their, their game plan. Now it's his chance to make adjustment off of that. And I think mm-hmm. that's typically how it goes, right? You see a lot of splits in the first two games for this reason, is that both teams take a game to see what the other's game plan is going to be. And from there, they make their really, really, like, there really is usually one big adjustment to make for each team. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, at 1-1, the series kind of starts now, depending on what Darvin Ham pulls out next game. So, do you, so what do you have? You have Lakers in seven and six? Uh, I reserve judgment until we see what Darvin Ham does in game three. Nah, make a prediction, stand on your word. What is it? <laughs> he said, fuck all that shit. Give me okay, a prediction well, I mean, now. At this point, all we've seen is the better adjustment from Steve Kerr. So at this point, you'd have to pick the Warriors, but I have faith that, not I have faith, but I will be surprised if Darvin Ham pulls up something that evens the playing field. So Warriors in seven, I guess, but I think after next game, that could change. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Which just is, just if I'm being is. fair and actually like, you know, reacting to what we see change. Yeah. No, well, well, I can't, I can't even remember. What did you have pre-series? I don't think I don't we uh, decided pre-series because we didn't know who, uh, was playing it was yeah it was between pods because yeah because yeah. uh it, game it wasn't we recorded before game seven yeah. of king's warriors yeah. so we never really got predictions out yeah, there yeah but like but like offline that's you know what I'm saying? yeah I, I really didn't even think about it i mean 
I'm fucking biased. I probably was like, Lakers are going to win it. <laughs> but <laughs> I've, I've been worried about the Warriors matchup as a Lakers fan because I knew they're a smart defense that can scheme out Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And I was, I've mostly was worried because LeBron didn't look like LeBron in round one. That's kind of what it comes down to me is that if we see him flip the switch and is willing to look like early season LeBron, last year LeBron averaging 30, if he can do that, then I'll feel comfortable saying Lakers in seven. But I have to either see that or Darvin Ham make an adjustment that can get AD going again. <laughs> All right. Sounds Dude. good. Are you got, you're still huh? with the Warriors? Yeah. yeah. I mean, cl- clearly. But like, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've Warriors in six. Do you have any worry of that? Um, My biggest worry, and it's not even like from a, like an NBA rig type of thing, but it's, it's the free throw stuff. I think like the, Hmm. the, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's the, I mean, because like you look at tonight, the Warriors are plus, what is this? Plus 33 on the three point line. And so they, they were plus 45 last game, plus 33. They're blowing them out on the three point line. That's clearly where they're getting their advantage. The Lakers were able to nullify that last time because they got 20 more free throws than than they were. And you, you're able to, even the playing field, even though they're like, th- technically the math doesn't math up. But it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, but it, it is what it is. But tonight, the Lakers took one more free throw than, than the Warriors. And if that is the, if that's even, and now you're plus 33 on the three-point line and you look up, oh yeah, the Warriors are up 27. So I think if, if yeah. the, War- the Warriors can do a, a a good job like they did tonight of defending without fouling and not sending the, the Lakers to the free throw line that I think that they can get it done in six. And I have, I have confidence in them that they, that they can do that for, for the reason that you said they were really smart defense, you know, th- yeah. things like that. Oh yeah. If, if, if they do what they did tonight and how they, cause that, that free throw thing ties into how they cut off Anthony Davis and didn't mm-hmm. allow him to get to the rim. Like the Lakers get a lot of free throws consistently, not because like you know all the fan, everybody on Twitter yeah, is the yeah, rig, yeah. the NBA wants them in the finals, but they're the best rim pressure team in the NBA with LeBron and AD and Reeves and D'Lo are good at drawing fouls too, and you know Dennis is fast, gets the rim. The team that drives the most typically gets the most free throws. They were number so, one in the NBA in free throws, dude. And yeah, the for Warriors a reason. Were like thirty, they were literally dead last <laughs> for a reason too. Yeah. But so we saw the the Warriors were able to cut off the rim from the biggest threats on the Lakers, and of course the free throws went down because if you shoot less at the rim, you're getting fouled less. So yeah, I agree. If we don't see a big adjustment at Darvin Ham to nullify that rim shot advantage, then the free throw thing is going to come back either, and they have no fucking chance. Leaders in free throws tonight, in terms of free throw attempts, Dennis Schroeder, Tristan Thompson, and Max Christie. Tristan Thompson? Lakers. Wow. Oh, for the Lakers. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. For all of them had for the game. No, 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 no. All of them, all of them had four free throw attempts tonight. The leaders for, for the Lakers, Reeves and Russell, no free throw attempts tonight. Tough. Yeah, Reeves had a rough game. There was a lot resting on his shoulders, along with Rui, with how they were defending the stars. Not, not the, not the best showing from Austin Reeves. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, man. They just didn't have a good game. I'm worried about Austin Reeves. I'm worried about Dennis Schroeder. I don't think he's had a good – yeah, he's had a terrible series so far against the Lakers. Um, and so, I don't – Yeah, he's been dealing I, I with an injured hand, though. Oh, yeah, it's an injured hand. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was, it was messing with him bad at the end of the last series. And before the series started, he was like, I'm feeling better. I can deal with it more. So, maybe it's not a thing. Maybe he's just playing like shit. But that has been lingering. Yeah, it's interesting. Lingering or not, we need more. The Lakers need more for him. <laughs> Austin Reeves, the Lakers need more, point blank, period. And, yeah. bro, one of my, I just love dumbing 
my brain down just so I can have fun and ha- like engage <laughs> in the stupid ass arguments and conversations on Twitter. Like people talk about some Anthony Davis and how in- inconsistent he is, and they dropped the Bruno. They dropped the meme. Uh, it was of Bruno Mars today. I, don't, I feel like I don't feel like doing anything. It was fucking hilarious. The lazy song. Yeah. I saw one meme that was like game two. I said Anthony Davis every other game. And it was a clip of somebody watching security footage. They're like, what the fuck going on in Atlanta? And a car disappears on the security footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. So, great, bro, yeah. And then I saw another one. It was like Anthony Davis. It was like Anthony Davis tonight. And you saw this. It was Kobe Bryant disappearing, fucking with the cameraman. He just stopped. Oh, yeah. Kind of the <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I mean, it's like interesting. Cause playoffs. Anthony Davis is getting a slander. And he, I mean, on, on the surface, he deserves it. He didn't score well. He scored well first game. So it's fine. But, like, it's so interesting because that first game, people were like, oh, shit, we're disrespecting Anthony Davis too much. Like, mm-hmm. I guess we should talk about that game a little bit. He was crazy. Like, this Bill man has Russell. been Bill Russell since the playoffs started on defense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why are you shaking like, your head, finished. Donovan? <laughs> yeah. No, because, I mean, it's just a- Anthony Davis is the dichotomy of man. Like, he's, like, <laughs> yeah. like, he's, he's, tru- he's truly just, like, on one – like. Literally in the span of three days, and this is this is really like his whole career is like on one end, like when Anthony Davis is at his best, he's a top five player in, in the world, maybe maybe best player in the world, very unstoppable, very dominant. And then not even forty eight hours later, he turns around and he's at eleven and seven, and you're just wondering, like, like just looking at it from the outside, you're just looking at it like, yo, what is happening? Like, like why can't like why can't you just be dominant? For four straight games, and and do this, and so it's like, sometimes you have Kevon Looney on you, sometimes you have Draymond Green on you. It's different; like the circumstances changed. I mean, you're, but it's like I I, I, under, I, under, I under I understand what you're saying. I also feel I feel like, and we've had this conversation a lot. I feel I feel like you give Anthony Davis a little just a little bit too much grace because <laughs> I I think that if you are going to laud somebody. I'm not. I'm personally right now. I'm not asking Anthony Davis to go win a championship, <laughs> I, but I think that if you are going to consider somebody like a top three player in the world, right? But both best player on on both ends of the floor, right? That, 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 that things like that, right? You were low key firing up eighty versus Giannis conversations if he kept playing. If, yeah. if he kept playing like that, yeah. if you are going to hold him in in that regard, and it's like Kavon Looney stopping you, like. <laughs> like you know, like like Dre, like Draymond stop stopping you, like yeah. that's that's See, a, that's that's a, thing. that's a little much. That's the thing. I don't hold him those. That's that's why I don't think he's Nikola Jokic. I don't think he's Steph Curry, LeBron James. You know what I mean? I think he's the next tier of he's. I think he's the best defensive player in the NBA, and he is a very good offensive player that isn't in the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. So. When I he's he's the type of offensive player that is amazing, but the best defense in the NBA, the smartest defenders can counter him. And then you know, I mean, he there's stuff to exploit in his game. He's like a you're not going to find a way to counter Steph Curry out of the game entirely because he's so good and is so smart and versatile. He can find ways to get out of it because he has a type of skills that can counter your counter. AD's not that level of offensive player. He's like a, a Kyrie level offensive player or whatever. That's amazing. But you can find ways to get them out of the game. You know what I mean? No, so I think I, that's what it is. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I I just don't think he's a top I, three player. <laughs> that's the difference. I'm not, I don't think he's that. 
I think I think the conversation with with a lot of people is especially when you see games like he had in game one, and then you instantly go and like vault him, like like that. Because I I do think like the way he was playing early in the season, we were talking, and I I even said it like if he keeps playing like this, like he is top five, right? Because because of his impact on the on the defensive end, because he's he was averaging like thirty five or something like that, and so it's it's very very frustrating to watch him flip flop back and forth between. Between games, between game one and game two, and it's yeah. it's it's frustrating because you know that obviously like he's he's sixteen, he's super athletic, he can do everything, he has he has all the talent, he's just not as consistent as, as you would like, and so that's mm-hmm. that's the frustrating part. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think at times it's just like for the player with his skill set is just natural, like with his skill set and also like his position. It's just natural for bigs at a lot of the time to like be super limited. And I think it's at times it can be easier to take a big out of the game because like they don't have the ball in their hands. Exactly. Like the game is entirely like based on their coach and also like the lead guard. And so like if you're like someone like Giannis who has a completely different game, but like the difference between him and Giannis is like Giannis is just super unguardable because he has OD athleticism across yeah. the board. Yeah, super ball type too. athleticism. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, that, that's what and like the structure of Giannis' team and all that stuff. There's a, I feel like there's just simp- like key reasons. Well, not even key reasons, just like structural reasons as to why like AD plays like this from day to day, and Giannis is just constrict like consistently running through a wall. Anybody, anybody at any time. Yeah, you're one hundred percent right. Watching Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid be the offensive players they are and creators they are at that size has spoiled us into thinking that's normal. But yeah. AD is not a elite shot creator or anything of that sort. He is the reason you could have argument for him being top five in the world is because he's arguably the number one defensive player in the world that is when he's healthy and one of the best play finishers. But he's not a play creator. That's just not his game. If it was his game, then he would be the best player in the world, like, easily. If he had the shot, off-the-dribble shot-making ability of uh, Joel Embiid or the ball-handling of Giannis, it, it wouldn't even really be a conversation. He would be perfect. But he's not. You know, he has a big flaw, and that's his ability to create his own shot. I think we got spoiled also like earlier, way earlier in his career when he had nobody. Well, not nobody. Shout out to Drew Holiday and our boys, but like <laughs> he was different in New Orleans. He got to feast in New Orleans, but the second you like, you know, put a real structure around him and play real winning basketball, like that's just not the way. That's just that's just not like the best option. And tackle yeah, yeah. that on top of like injuries and blah 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 like it's just you get a this, is a this is the best version of anthony davis if you're trying for sure to. and he also had the young player benefit of the doubt that he's gonna keep getting better that always yeah. biases people that's why people say luca's like top three in the world right now because he's so young so they have that cognitive bias that's like oh what is he gonna be in four years and they just assume he'll fix all his errors and that's kind of what we have a young ad why people are putting in those conversations real quick yeah. i just this this is what this is why AD, AD is frustrating. This is everything. <laughs> this is everything. Game two of the first round on, right? He had third, and this is his points: 13, 31, 12, 31, 16, 30, <laughs> 11. It's li- it's literally every other game. Like I'm not making this up. Like he's frustrating every other night, and it's like, can you put yeah. can you put back to back twenty point games? Can you please do that? For, please. Please. That that's all I'm asking at this point. Score twenty back to back games. And I will give you a hundred dollars, <laughs> Anthony Davis. 
<laughs> Please. But the thing is, that point I agree. Inconsistent offensively. <laughs> at but that, guess what? At that at that point, that's the that's the only level I'm asking for. I'm not asking. <laughs> I'm not not even asking for thirty and twenty. At, score 20 in back-to-back games, please. Please. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's hilarious. That's what that is. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah this is, this yeah, is AD, though. I think it's I think it's all we have to say about the series. It was, it was a crazy first two games. I, th- I think it's time to move on to the next series. The NBA playoffs are here, so let's talk about Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports online, and it's super simple to get in on the action you can play online or you can play in the app and all you have to do is hit higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite players entries for the night. And if you get all of your entries correct, you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night of hoops. And if you sign up today with promo code TD3, Underdog will double your initial deposit up to $100. And that's free money to play around with and to make more entries. The playoffs are here. this games every night. So get in on the action right now. And again, sign up with promo code TD3. I think we should start this second half of the pod talking about Nuggets versus Suns. Let's do it. <sighs> we, we, we Listen, there's some takes to get off here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about where to start. <laughs> so, uh, for those who don't know, the Denver Nuggets are currently leading the Phoenix Suns 2-0 in... Is it a surprising outcome? Let me ask you it's, that a, it, it's surprising in the way that it's happened, but yeah. I don't think it's surprising that the Nuggets are up 2-0. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Mo? I mean, like... I wouldn't say it's a surprising hap- outcome, like Donovan said. It's just like the way it happened. Um, CP3 getting hurt. <laughs> oh, no. Who saw that coming? Who yeah, saw yeah, that sure. coming? It's weird because I think everybody kind of counted the Nuggets out for a lot of the last second, for the second half of the season because the annoying MVP narratives were happening and they were losing a lot of games for whatever reason in the second half. Everyone kind of forgot that they were the one seed for a reason. And combine that with everybody, including myself, crowning the Suns like the team to beat in the West. It was easy to go into the series forgetting that the Nuggets are the favorites in the West, right? They were for a reason. Yeah. So it's been kind of confirmation of what we thought months ago, but surprising for what we thought recently. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I I don't don't know. I don't don't think it's that surprising, though, because... Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. Like, the one thing that I did say coming into the playoffs was the reason why I didn't agree with you, Isaac, that the Suns would be like, you know, like the title favorite and that we should pick them to come out the West is because we would be asking Chris Paul and Kevin Durant to stay healthy for two months. And would you look at that? Chris Paul once yep. again gets hurt in the playoffs. It's clockwork at this point. Fucking clockwork. Just, yeah. What's now, wrong with them specifically this time? Is it a groin or something or what? Groin. Yeah. People yeah. Just groin playing okay. defense, scrambling for a loose ball. <laughs> old ass. <laughs> yeah. Just old man shit, right? Like you, yeah. you can't try too hard or he's going to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens every year. Right. So I just, at this point, there's two things that you can expect from Chris Paul is that he's going to get hurt in the playoffs and that he's going to lose a Scott Foster ref game. Like those, <laughs> those are the only two things that are certain. And his life. <laughs> exactly. And it happened again. So now Phoenix has absolutely no playmaking, right? Yeah. They have, they have Devin, they have Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant who can get midi jumpers all day. But after that, no depth. DeAndre Aiden is getting cooked by, by Jokic and they have nothing to offer. Yep. In terms of like winning this series, yeah. So we know for a fact Chris Paul is going to miss games three and four, and then he'll be re- reevaluated Tough. at that point because it'll be exactly a week after the injury. Are they going to survive two more games without him? But bro, so you guys are both shaking your head. But no. he wasn't. He wasn't good. He's been pretty crap. Like, I think. Go ahead, Mo. 
it just depends on what you're gonna get from a lot of a lot of the other guys and also on top of that like they have to adjust play style wise um they have some of the best shooters in the nba of course and the nba of course mid-range shooters specifically but with the way things are and just the simple mathematics in the nba they're dead last in three-point attempts and even when they like do decide to jack up threes it's like and it's it's not in the most natural offensive flowy way it's like okay kd go ahead cook hezzy yeah pull up over you and i'm shooting that motherfucker devin devin booker he's gonna give you a jab wait for like three seconds and then he's pulling it's not like free flowing <laughs> at all you know yeah i'm glad you said that like because we're, we're being reductive and we're talking about they're losing the first thing we talk about is chris paul being hurt as if that's why they're losing yeah but chris paul played a game and a half it's not why they're losing they were just as crap with him playing and i think it's for reasons that you're talking about and it's the reasons that everybody kind of expected when the trade happened that we all kind of let ourselves forget about and that's this is a team that's never played together before the last 12 games like, sure, they were 11-1 coming into this series, but it's only 12 games that they played together. Like, it's not a lot of time to find a groove, and the offense is stale as shit because of it. Like you said, they call a screen, and nothing happens after. The screen doesn't work. They stand around and call for another one. There's no secondary actions. There's no players cutting off of each other, having a feel for where players are going to be. Like, you watch that game, then you watch the Warriors, and you see a Steph Curry handoff, and then when he peels around, Draymond knows the cut from the corner, and P- uh, Poole comes to the corner to replace him. Like, they're moving yeah. in sync. There's none of that with the Suns. And it's not like we're asking or expecting like them to even replicate 50% of that. The league can't do that in general. But like, can you yeah, incorporate yeah. Some, at least 15%, 10% of some movement in your offense? Yeah. I guess nope. some kind of off-ball action. <laughs> nope. Just one. Nope. But that I think that's one of the main reasons why Chris Paul's injury is so devastating because – at least Chris Paul like knows he knows how to play basketball and he knows how to set everybody else up. And so if you don't have that feel, that like innate feel amongst Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, all that stuff, you can at least count on Chris Paul saying, "Okay, we have to make something happen. You go here, you go here. Like I can create a little bit of something and at least get you in in the right spot to where all you have to focus on is getting buckets." Now Durant and Booker have to focus on setting everybody else up as well. And that kind of takes away from, you know, from what they're best at, which is just getting buckets. And so it's like, unless we're going to see Devin Booker go for 47, the way that he did against the, against the Clippers or 48, whatever it was. Right. But unless he goes crazy, I don't think the Suns have a chance in the series. Yeah. Like to, to win at all. They, they might get swept. They might. Get okay, swept. that's so crazy to say. They're Look at not one or two. Why? Why is that crazy? So it's okay. It's not crazy. You're right. It's not crazy. This I, one, I have you had Kevin Durant last year. You had Kevin yeah. Durant last year, and you got swept too. Yeah. So you're right. I I don't think they get swept. I think they'll win a game, maybe two. But I don't see a world where they beat the Nuggets because the fact that one we talked about this team would do better than most teams that trade for a star midseason because Kevin Durant is so malleable and can play with any style of play. He just fits in any team and doesn't, you know, commandeer a team like somebody like James Harden would if they came in halfway through a year. And we're seeing that to a negative effect though, because this is a Devin Booker team that Kevin Durant is the sidekick for. It's Not so a backwards. single second of these games. Yep. Not a single second of these games has it looked like a Kevin Durant team or look like he's been the main guy on this team. This is a Devin Booker ass team. Yeah. They're treating this like and, as if like Devin Book is Curry, you know, and he yeah. has that type of effect not offensively. Even. 
Not 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 even because I think like like even like when when KD was on the Warriors, like I think there was still a little bit of like Steph saying like I'll let you go ahead and mm. and be the primary option. Obviously, everything is built around Steph's movement. Yeah, but like. They they kind of like see it and say like okay okay Kevin like you can go and you can you can get yours and like you can focus on on doing what you have to do everybody else is just gonna fall in line like that's because of Steph Devin is obviously not Steph Curry and he's still in the mindset of like okay like I still have to score to make this team successful which is kind of true like he's not gonna yeah. be you know like he he's not gonna yeah, be the playmaker fault. yeah he's he's not gonna be Chris Paul so he has to go out and he has to get thirty five while also making sure that. Kevin Durant is in the best position to get 35, but like, like those aren't their jobs. And at this point, if Chris Paul is going to be hurt, that's Monty Williams's job to try to get yeah. them easy buckets, which was something that we said in the Clipper series that wasn't happening. Was that was that KD wasn't getting easy buckets, and now yeah. now you're playing a better team with Nikola Jokic on on the other side, and yep. you can't go bucket for bucket with them. Yeah, so it's not Devin it's, Booker's fault at all. It's not like it's a, he needs to get KD touches. It's yeah. that it's just they haven't played long enough together, right? Like they didn't have any way to install actions for KD or figure out the best ways to put KD in to his positions. Like this core has been playing together for years, so they're you know they're gonna do what they know and throw this guy into it, and he probably goes out there saying, "Play your game. I'm gonna fit in where I can." That's what they do, but it's to their detriment because at a certain point you have to enable your best players to have the ceiling that you would think you could have with that talent on your team. If you're not getting that hundred percent of KD, then you're not. Then you shouldn't have even traded for him. Which no, because that that's not the case. Because they're going to be better next year. But for this year, you're just wasting one of the two year windows you have. Outside Ooh, of this is tough. Everyone is from tough. KD. Let's look at the help that they've had. Josh Okogi through seven Good. playoff games, he's shooting forty percent from three. Um. Oh, forty percent from the from the field. Actually, sorry, eighteen percent from three. <laughs> what a Damian switch. Lee. <laughs> what a switch. Yeah. I was gonna say what? Yeah, yeah, my bad. yeah my Sniper. Bad. Damian Lee, twenty percent from the field, twenty three percent from three. Bismack Biombo, fifty fifty three percent. He's only had fifteen shots. You know, what I'm saying it is what it is. He's doing his job. He's all right. And Landry Shaman, who you would expect to have a bigger role on this team, he's one of the. He's literally like the perfect prototypical guy who you'd want on a team if you're looking for more shooting and more movement and stuff like that because he is that um shooting 26 percent from the field and 25 percent from three cameron payne guy been so bad shooting 30 percent and he hasn't been getting off anything and if the suns want to like have any sign of life cameron payne is literally the next guy up off of the bench and are you going to really rely on him the only guy role player who's been like stepping up is tory craig and he's been snapping shooting like 50 percent from three you know so Look at the names we're talking about. This team has not shit outside of their top four. Tory yeah. Craig is their lord and savior. Tory Craig. Tory sounds like a sweep to me. It sounds like a sweep to me. I need you guys to give me a reason why they win. As you said, two games. I would be absolutely nah, floored if, I don't if they think win they're two winning games. two games. I just said one or two, just like throw a little cushion. <laughs> but I think they probably get one just because it's hard to sweep a team with high end talent like that. Like you said, Devin Booker can go out there and score forty. Series in the line, reputation on the line. Katie can go out there and score forty. It's just it's just hard to sweep teams. You don't see a lot of sweeps in the second round. But if you're if you're empirically, there's no evidence that they're not going to get swept. You're right. <sighs> yeah, that's a wrap. 
It's a wrap. God, man. And what does that mean for Kevin Durant's legacy? <laughs> All right, Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Listen, I think we it will, means... I promise you, we will talk about that in the offseason. Let this man get swept. Let, <laughs> let, him, let him get swept, and then, and then we will go there. Yeah. I think uh, it says less about KD. I don't think it says much about KD. I think it says more about the Suns team building. Yeah. And not even necessarily that they did anything wrong. Because when you get a chance to trade for KD, they, listen, they tried last summer, it didn't work out. Another chance came, you have to take it. And I think they probably knew this year isn't the year they're playing for. Because there's a reason teams that trade for stars midseason don't win championships. It's just impossible to replenish that depth without doing it in the offseason. And I think they have to reevaluate their style of play a little bit. Because, mm. you know, for the last three years, the Suns have been by far the highest mid-range volume team in the NBA and they make them at also by far the highest rate, so it's been okay. They've been able to maintain weirdly high offensive efficiency with weirdly low three-point percentage. But that was when they had great depth, a great yeah. defense. And that works when you have all those things. But if you don't have those things, and you're playing a team as good as the Nuggets, and you're not hitting all of your mid-range shots, mathematically it's just like impossible to beat these teams that are hitting all these threes, having also the second highest offense in the league. Yeah. So... Unless they're going to replenish the level they were at before depth-wise, or Chris Paul is going to be revitalized, I don't see how they can play the same way. Is Terrence Ross going to get some PT or what? Like, why did he come to this team? I'm not saying he's a lifesaver or anything like that, creator. but he's been... <laughs> he's a content creator. <laughs> a day in uh, my life. <laughs> yeah, so... It's, no, it's over. It's over. Like, the, yeah, we can... Yeah, we can, we can put the Nuggets in the conference finals again, and then they will end up playing... The, the Lakers are the worst. Whoever, we'll see what happens tonight. But, like, I, the Suns, it's, it's a, I think their window is done. I think, I no, think they, their window think their is window, done. I think no. their window is done. To get to what Isaac's saying is, Isaac said two things, and, I, and I'll build off of those. They're going to need to replenish their depth to the level that, that it was, and they're going to need Chris Paul to be revitalized. You cannot. Trust Chris Paul yeah. to stay healthy. He looked terrible at the beginning of the for a majority of this year. He's looked bad. Mm. An extra year is not going to make that any better. And then to go out and get the the level of depth and get your Cam Johnson, your Mikael Bridges. Obviously, you try and make up for that with with Kevin Durant. But like you said, we are waiting on Terrence Ross to get PT in this series <laughs> to come and save them. They are. They are in serious trouble right now, and I don't think that they can do both of those things, revitalize Chris Paul, get 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 their debt back to like a championship level in a single offseason. And so then by the time by the time all of it like comes together, what, Chris Paul is going to be 40 years old? Kevin Durant's going to be 37? What what are we talking about at that point? Yeah, I think they're I done. see your point. I see your point. Counterpoint is they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker for the next four years or three years after this season. And we just saw what Kevin Durant plus Kyrie with a decent team of role players around them can do. They're going to have that with Devin Booker, who's probably better than Kyrie at this point, or at least at least on the same level, whatever your opinion on Kyrie is. That's going to be a thing. They can trade DeAndre Ayton, who we know they didn't fucking want, that Monty Williams had never fucking wanted. And they could trade Chris Paul. Who knows what they're going to get for him, but... That'll be so tough to do. You getting a bag of fries for that? You, some old, <laughs> some old, some Bro. old man with with a forty million dollars salary? Nah, I don't. I'd he's accept. gonna be serviceable for a few more years. I don't think it'll be that impossible. 
And I think maybe that's the route. If you're if you're saying the part you disagree with the most is Chris Paul being able to be revitalized, mm-hmm. who's to say Fred Van Vliet doesn't want to walk and they sign and find figure out a sign and trade that sends Chris Paul to Toronto to go figure things out there and get them in line and then Fred Van Vliet replaces him. That only work if you attach Aiden to that. But I don't even know the money side of things are too complicated because they both uh, not really. Chris Paul is a big contract. Fred Van Vliet's probably going to be comparable money wise. Ah, we'll see. Fred's game forty. No, no, no. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. but then, so then say, say they're stuck with Chris Paul. They can move Aiton. They can definitely he's, be interested he's, in he's, he's the most movable piece. Yeah. But 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 again, like it really depends what what you get out of that. Because if they end up if they and they probably wouldn't because the Nets were super, super like short sighted in their trades with uh with Kyrie. But if you end up with a trade like that, I don't I don't think that you're gonna, um, or may, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that honestly might be the best move is that you try and get like these like win now pieces to try and yeah. replenish that depth and really just go all in on on KD and Booker. Can you get Jacopoto and Gary Trent Jr. for DeAndre Ayton? Is that what you want from a former number all pick? Well, that's that's a sunk cost. That man is at right now. He's an <laughs> above average center that makes twenty five million dollars a year. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that. He's an above average center, but you know, like he's one of those players that wouldn't surprise you if he made an all-star team at least once or twice in his career. He's not going to do it next to KD and Booker. I think we we figured that out by now. Yeah, and he don't like he does he doesn't like them, and they don't like him. So yeah. some somebody has to go. But just like whatever that is, like a, a slight downgrade in center, and then another good wing. Jakob and Gary Trent isn't the worst. I mean, I pulled that out of my ass. I haven't even thought about it. I don't even know if it makes sense, but that type of framework it would, would fix a lot of their problems. It will fix a lot of their problems. By just simply getting bodies who do a lot of the things that they should start be doing, they should start doing more. And yeah. I would honestly look at that as an option. To be honest with you, it would suck because yeah. it's like, ugh, like this is my number one overall pick, and I'm trading him for Jakob and Gary Trent. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're saying like those guys are nobody. Jakob isn't going to be that much different than eight in production wise. Yeah, Jakob's good. And then Gary Trent's a legit good shooter who's a decent defender. Like throw that on your bench or throw that at your starting three. I wouldn't hate that. Then they have their middle level exception. What this team needs, you're absolutely right about that. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's a space or a place for Aiden even in the future with like Devin Booker. If I'm being completely honest with you, just because of how, just because the seeds that were planted way earlier, way early in his career, how things are going now, like he's he's never going to be a priority in my mind. So yeah, honestly, should make that trade. Give your mid-level exception to Josh Richardson. Get a couple of ring chasers on the back end. Like, there's a path to them being a decent team next year doing stuff like that. Josh yeah. Richardson. I guess a solid three D wing. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. They are they are asking anybody off the street. Let's please come save no, us. Oh, Josh Richardson is good. <laughs> please, please come save us. For a mid-level, for a taxpayer mid-level exception, that's like six million dollars a year. Josh Richardson would be a steal. I mean, no, he's he's worth it. It's just the the quality of name, the level of names yeah. that, that that we're throwing out that can fix the Suns is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it it's just shows like, though, like they're not that far off. Like this, they're not completely cooked or screwed. It's just like they have the they have all the ingredients. They just need proper utensils to cook with and like actually feast with. You know. Nice. They're fucking nice. eating. You, you, They're you eating like that analogy, don't forks. you? You're proud of yourself for that one. Soup with forks. Absolutely. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to rewatch this podcast. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not far off. When we're talking about a team that just can't beat the Nuggets, we're not, ta- we're not talking about the Nuggets at all. Maybe the Nuggets yeah. are just fucking good. Maybe Jokic is just him. Like, all the conversation this other season, the stuff that lost him the MVP was he doesn't win in the playoffs. Does he deserve three in a row when he hasn't done anything? 
But last time we saw him healthy with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., conference finals, took the Lakers to seven, who won the championship. Yeah. Now we're fast forward the two years later when he finally has those guys again. It looks like he's going to beat the shit out of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to the conference <laughs> finals, potentially play the Lakers. Like, he's uh, a good player that has made it further than most guys. Yeah, without a lot of help, too. This dude, remind you, again, still doesn't have a single all-star on his team. Jamal Murray might be the best, like, non-all-star guy in the league. And he's like, he could easily make one sometime throughout his career. But, like, yeah. still impressive regardless, dog. God, they're yeah. so deep, too. We should mention the fact that then it announced Joel Embiid did officially win the MVP. That was announced a few days ago. Yeah. Congrats to Joel Embiid. We haven't talked about that enough. Yeah. I want to say, like I said it a couple podcasts ago, it's like that is the most like, here, damn, leave me alone award ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, shut up about it. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. It, it is to an extent because – he did win it in such convincing fashion. He won it by a landslide, right? Yeah. And crazy. that only happened because of the winding of Kendrick Perkins that started the <laughs> whole media narrative. The crowning achievement of Kendrick Perkins' career, by the way. Yeah. He, he single-handedly won the MVP for, for Joe Allen B. He, yeah. deser- he deserves one of them Rolexes, too. <laughs> he yeah. needs that. So that's why he won with such a landslide, realistically. But to his credit, Joe Allen B was, he had a season deserving of an MVP award. It's just when you compare it to like the way he won it over Jokic of the reasons is a little weird. But Joel Embiid 100% deserves to be an MVP. Absolutely. I would have been sad if he left this run with nothing to show for it. Because mm-hmm. he's been legitimately like a top three player in the NBA for three straight years. And nobody gives him that credit because he hasn't won a championship and because he hasn't won an MVP. Now he's going to be like put into those stratospheres of conversations, which I'm happy for him for. Absolutely. He deserves it, dude. He absolutely deserves it. Starting basketball when you're like 16, 15 years old with like literally no skills, your best attribute is being big. Yo, like that's insanely <laughs> hard. That is insanely hard. So yeah, now did. I'm just like, I'm really scared for how this playoff series is going to go with or against the Boston Celtics. If he has another like stinker, the narratives are going to be so nasty. And if Jokic continues to thrive <sighs> without an all-star, how many all-stars has Joel Embiid played with compared to Nikola Jokic? It's zero to three. Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler. Oh, Tobias hasn't been an all-star. Um, ben yeah. Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Harden. Yeah, he's so played with Paul Millsap. Yeah, <laughs> almost. I'm counting <laughs> that hunger fuck. That's oh, nasty. Played with that for a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, Jokic did play with Paul Millsap too. So it's like one to five so far. I think <laughs> uh, it's cooked. Wait, yeah, it's cooked, man. Yeah. So let's transition this into talking about the series you just alluded to. They're tied one to one right now with the Boston Celtics. Game one, Joel Embiid missed with his knee injury that. We're hearing more and more is more severe than was initially thought. Joel Embiid came out yesterday and said, if they were eliminated, he should be out three to four weeks right now. Mm. But he's playing through it. He came back for game two after James Harden somehow beat the Celtics by himself with the best playoff game of his career in game one. And now Joel Embiid came back and they got fucking curb stomped in game two. Yeah. They got, they got ran off the floor. They got ran off the floor. That, that was embarrassing. That's, that's embar- on the night he got his MVP too. That's yep. embarrassing. And I don't know what his stat line was. He was clearly hobbled. He was falling a lot. His balance was clearly off with his knee. He was on the ground nonstop. But he didn't look horrible. 
I mean, he he listen. He falls a lot when he's healthy. That that, <laughs> that doesn't mean that does not mean mean much to me. In the first yeah, half was, of the game, how how many blocks did he finish with? I believe he finished with like five or four or something like that. In the first half of the game, he was an absolute like as expected a monster on the defensive end. But second yeah. half, that's where things just went like completely downhill. So yeah, none of the starters played big minutes in the second half. So like, it's not even like relevant to look at his final score stats. Yeah, but it was just a fucking ass whooping, man. Harden, like I said, Harden had the best game of his playoff career, which is funny to think about, but it is honestly true. In game one, mm-hmm. had a 45-point masterclass. Game two, <laughs> not good. It's just, it's it's hard to see consistency with the Sixers team, I think. I which know. is Especially with a hurt Embiid. That's that's one of the reasons, I, well, it was it was Harden who, I shot, listen, shout out to him, because I have been very hard on him kind of all year, and I haven't <laughs> expected that much from him. Oh yeah, let's talk about it. And he had... He had himself a game. It's about time, th- you know, 13 years into the league, you have your best playoff game. So yeah. shout, out, shout, out, shout out to you, James. But, like, Boston Boston came out in the second game, and this is this is part of the up-and-down nature of Boston. There's some games where they come out and, like, they look like they can beat anybody in the league. And then there's other games where shots aren't falling, defense is off, like, they just, they just look out of it. Last night was one of those ones where, they fully leaned in to Missoula's offense. So they're like, we are going to jack up threes all night long. We're going to shoot threes and we are going to, we're, we're going to play the math and everything went in. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything. Not everything. Went in. Nothing. Well, Jason Tatum shot one in. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about it. Talk, talk about, talk about Tatum real quick. This man was one for seven over three from three point line. Grant, you only played 19 minutes because it was a blowout. He didn't play much the second half. Hmm. One for seven. He had no parts of production for this game, and they still <sighs> beat the living shit out of them. That's scary. Because Jalen Brown had an off game, game one. People talked about it. He was asked about it post game. He came out the second game, went off. He carried while Jason Tatum didn't know how to make a bucket. And that's why they're scary, right? You're talking about some nights they're off because they can't make three. Some nights they're unstoppable because they're making them. Listen, they have two elite wings and only need one of them to be on their game for them to be able to win a single game. That's pretty hard yeah. to top. Yeah, man. It is, it is, but this, I mean, but Tatum comes out in game one and has 39 points, and then you come out with, you know, with everything that you, that you just said. And I think that's something that we saw in the playoff, in the final series of last year. I think, and I think a lot of us gave Tatum a lot of grace. I know there was like a subsection of people that were like, oh, he like, he choked. He's not him, this or that. But like, it's your, it's your first final series. You're playing one of the best defenses in the league, right? Stuff happens. It's okay. But for him, the, I, and I, don't, I really don't know what it is. And I want to know if you guys, if there was a moment for you guys this season where it kind of turned because Tatum was in the MVP conversation for a good part of the first half of the year. He was, he was going, to, uh, he was driving to the basket lot. He was getting fouled. He looked like he had, you know, unlocked everything. And now we're kind of back to the Tatum that we got last year where there's a little bit of, of inconsistency. We don't really know like what Jason Tatum we're going to get on a night to night basis. Was there a moment for y'all that y'all saw where like things just shifted for him? Because I can't, I can't remember what what exactly happened with him and why why it's been so shaky over the last couple of months. Yeah, what do you think, Mo? I mean, I just think this is who he is. Like, I mean, I just expect <laughs> it. <laughs> it's yeah. expected with him. Um, but also, I don't know. Their offense is so inconsistent too, and there's just like constant. Okay, we're locked in. We're locked out. I can't really pinpoint anything specifically. Um, I have one pinpoint, but I don't want to shift the entire conversation. So I'm assuming <laughs> Isaac has a better 
explanation as for like Tatum and yeah, the, whatever he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, earlier this year we saw the best version of Tatum ever. For the same reason we saw the best version of the Celtics ever, they were they mm. were hitting all of their shots. Tatum mm. was shooting extremely well from three on a very tough shot diet. You know the step backs he loves to take. And they yeah. said he was getting to the rim extremely well. We saw him fall off in the same exact time we saw the Celtics have that little struggle where they've dropped from the one seed to the three seed for a while around January or so. And so Celtics fans talk about this a lot. They think that he just has no bag anymore, that uh. he's taking the mid-range out of his game on purpose to maximize efficiency and play Missoula ball. And he does step-back threes and drives to the rim. And if you have a Celtics fan, it's detrimental to him because... <laughs> You know, when you're relying on step back threes nonstop, he's playing. He's playing almost Harden like style from a six seven wing. Yeah, that's kind of his go to moves now. So it just doesn't give you a lot of versatility, and you're more prone to going cold when you're yeah. taking these type of shots. Like it's the same reason Steph Curry has a lot of games in the finals that are like weirdly inefficient, and that stands out in people's mind. They say he's not a good playoff performer. I mean, yeah, when you're shooting nothing but threes, occasionally you're gonna have a bad shooting luck, and it's gonna happen. Not really indicative of your skill. It's just how the math works out. And I think that's kind of why you see Tatum be very streaky. It's because he has an extremely hard shot diet and doesn't have, doesn't choose to take a lot of stuff to balance that. That's that's very that's very interesting. What what version of Tatum would y'all want? Would y'all do? Would y'all want this version of Tatum or the one where he's trying to take every hard shot that Kobe ever took? Yeah, sophomore year <laughs> Kobe. Yeah, sophomore year uh, Tatum. Uh, I want to mix of both, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's like that's like that's perfect Tatum. But like, if you're only gonna get one of those, like, would you rather him have the bag and then the bag end up with like with, with turnaround jumpers? But like, they go in maybe a little bit, or he's just taking step back threes yeah. and you have ni- and you have nights where he's you know yeah. one for seven. I mean, this this version is the best version of Tatum I've ever seen. He's more most impactful, and it's also he doesn't not want to take mid range jumpers. Like, uh, there was a clip that w- that was on Twitter a couple of days ago where it was a clip from him his first playoff run as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And he had like a taxi downhill, looked super smooth, pulled up and hit the mid range shot. And somebody was like, oh my God, this man's bag has gotten so much worse. Celtics fans were in a frenzy. But it's also, they defended him different. He was a rookie. Now he's a superstar. There's scouting reports. Superstar. Exactly. They get defended in a certain way to take away their skills. And for him, they're throwing doubles to him when he gets to the, to the free throw line. They're throwing, you know, nail defenders to him so he can't get to the rim. He's not, he's, he's not open to take these mid range shots as often. So he said, okay, I'm going to learn from Harden, but with my own flair, I'm going to take threes in a way that I can get my shot off every time and not have to worry about ultra, uh, extra defenders. I'm going to make the pass be more of a playmaker when they throw doubles. Like, he, he just is forced to play a different style of play now, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, and speaking of style of play, just to flop real quick back to the 76ers, something that they need to do so much more often is attack Al Horford and try to get him off of the floor. Because right now on the offensive side of things, he's not giving the Sex Celtics much. much. He's getting giving them like six, seven points a night on terrible efficiency. He's shooting like 40% <laughs> from the field. And that's because he, he shoots jump shots most of the time. Um, but he's not giving them anything. And also he's like the age is catching up to him quickly. And a part of the reason why the Atlanta Hawks series was a little bit more extended for the Celtics than you'd like is because like yeah. the Hawks found out, oh, shit. Al Horford, he can barely move. Let's get this man right now. He has cement feet. And so <laughs> I saw the Sixers do a lot of that. I feel like that's what happened a lot, and that's a part of the reason why they went ahead and won in such a shocking way against the against the Celtics. But 
having Joel Embiid in there kind of like throws that off a lot. Um, they have to play a completely different style of basketball, a style of basketball that some could say, some could think like me, that doesn't 110% utilize Harden to the best thing and the best things that he can do. Um, but when you have like Joel Embiid, like, bro, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever Joel Embiid needs to eat. Cause that's the best way to win. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's tough, but Al Horford having them out there on an Island by himself guarding Tyrese Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey and James Harden sounds like one of the something that they need to do more of. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Real quick, going back to Harden, did y'all see that quote where he just fried Donovan shit? Where Wait, he was like, that? he was, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, all year they say, I'm not out here dropping 40 because they asked him, he dropped 45. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've been able to do this. I've been doing this for years. All year, I, I didn't do this and y'all said he can't do this anymore. He's not the same Harden. But I'm out here averaging 21 and 10. And when I did do that, you said that style couldn't win. Now I'm sacrificing being an elite playmaker. I knew I could do both. What do you want from me? You have 24 he's hours spinning. to respond, Donovan. What do you say? Max, he's spinning. <laughs> this, this, this is what we're going to do? No, I'm, I'm joking. But realistically, like, we all kind of... Everybody, he's right. Like, he's 100%. Yeah. He fried all of us. He fried yeah. the entire fan base. <laughs> yeah. Because we all said, like, oh, he's not old hard anymore. Like, he can't score like that. That sucks. But he's, like, purposely not doing it. You know what I mean? And you could argue with whether that style of play is the best thing for him to do. But I think he showed he could still do both. It's a purposeful thing. And he's responding to people saying a style of play wouldn't work. So he's doing what people want him to do. And now nobody's happy about it. Those kids. Man, Donovan, what you got to say? Okay. Let me let me, <laughs> let me pull this up real quick. Right? Uh. Right? So James Harden, right? Oh, yeah. I can, I can do that every night. Yeah, James Harden... Scored forty five in game in game one. The next night, what you know, we had last night two of fourteen, zero of six from three. <laughs> do it every night, then, right? Do it, do it every night. If you can, if you can consistently do it, let me see it. And we fried you for years because you would score forty five for ten months straight, and then when the lights got bright, you would do this: go two of fourteen and go zero of six from three. I don't want to hear this from from James Harden. I don't want to hear that he didn't fry anything. He got he got, <laughs> he got the he got the win. It was a very good it was a very good win and a very good game from James Harden. And then Peyton Pritchard ran him off the floor. <laughs> Damn. And they and and they got they got dominated. I don't want to hear anything from, from James Harden on, on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm joking, but there is something to the fact that he changed the style of play on purpose to go towards what people were saying and nobody liked it. Like yeah. th- th- he definitely can't win when it comes to that. Yeah, exactly, bro. It, people just don't like Harden. That's just what it is. And the things that he's done in the past, like he's just known. And he will never be able to like shake that playoff choker, you know that playoff choker. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. What happened? What happened? What happened this year when Joel goes out? <laughs> what, what do you mean? You you tell me. Why if James Harden can do it every single night, why is he not doing it when when Joel and beat is? Well, he is. is I think I, I saw a number of people talking about this. And you look at his uh, minutes with Joel, minutes with Joel mm-hmm. on the bench. He's averaging like 21 points per 75 possessions with Joel playing and 28.7 with Joel off the court. So he is are those, doing that. Are those, are those, I'm saying those are in games when Joel is there or just like in general? It's total. Any minutes that Joel's not playing okay. and minutes okay. where he does playing. So that counts for both. Okay. So okay. to an extent, we have seen that. But you're right. It, it is harder when Joel's not there and he's yeah. the guy that the defense is pointing at. So it, you're right. And he can't do that no more. <laughs> I mean... Last game we saw him with no Joel. That's a it. coaching thing in my no. mind. That's a coaching thing. Yeah. 
But we'll see. I think that's enough about this series. It's TBD how Joel looks the rest of the series and TBD what James Harden does. Do you guys still have the Celtics winning it? Uh, sheesh. Yes, just, but I'm not confident. I, I don't really trust the Celtics right now, but I trust the Sixers less than I trust the Celtics. That's a so, great way to put so, it. Yeah, so I, it's. A, I can't believe the Bucks folded, man. The Bucks should yeah. be in these conversations. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say I have Philly with this, even though Philly, like, bro, they're just known to. They have people on their roster just known to disappoint. But the Celtics, I just hate the way that they're looking, the inconsistency of their play. Like, I just can't bet on it. But I also can't bet on the Sixers. But Joel Embiid won his MVP. And Harden dropped 45. No one saw that shit coming. When's the last time we saw a James Harden 45-point game? Like, I can't tell you. It's been a minute. Fucking Trump administration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's been a minute, you know. And so seeing yeah. that and seeing jo- like seventy or sixty percent Joel Embiid, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna hate okay. myself for saying that, but I'm gonna take it. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's talk about this last series that we haven't touched on before we get out of here and get to TikTok time. The least interesting, boring ass games that nobody wants to talk about: Knicks versus Heat. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. I'm just, don't, don't, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just hating. Listen, the New York Knicks are here. Uh, we, okay. we we even the series up. I think, listen, J- Jimmy Butler was Jimmy Butler in game one. And him and even, even going down with, with the injury, he had done enough up until that point to really just like set, set a really good foundation for everybody else to kind of close the game out. I think that Brunson has, has come alive now. He had a very strong second half. Josh Hart is the greatest role player of all time. He, <laughs> he almost had a, a triple-double. He is Andre Iguodala. He's, he's the GOAT, man. I, I love Josh Hart. But I I think, like, especially if Jimmy's going to be hurt moving forward in this series, how, I don't trust Miami and Gabe Vincent to be, <laughs> you know, to, to be offensive juggernauts. Now, you can't tell Gabe Vincent that he thinks that it is his time. He's he's been he's been knocking down shots, but they have to they have to work so hard to get these shots. And I don't I, I don't think that's that's consistent when you don't have anybody who can create separation getting getting to the basket like that, especially if Bam isn't gonna be averaging, you know, like 24, 25 or, or whatever, and like picking up the offensive load. If you're putting everything on on it's funny, but if you're putting everything on Gabe Vincent, it's not it's not gonna work. Everything's on Gabe Vincent's shoulders. <laughs> it it really it really feel when you watch at least when you watch game two, it really felt like that. It felt like yeah. they were running the offense to him. And I think like <laughs> I I think I think Brunson has, has found his, his groove. His shot is falling. Mitchell Robinson is 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 rebounding really well. RJ Barrett after and listen, we cooked RJ Barrett for the way that he started that Cavs series. He played really well in the second half of the series. He's, he's <coughs> played he's played fairly well in this series as well. I think New York just has more guys right now and Absolutely. they're just going to they're, they're just going to end up winning. I think if Jimmy I have to assume Jimmy's going to play game 3 and beyond. And just cuz of Jimmy Butler, I'm going to assume he's going to look pretty close to what Jimmy Butler always looked like. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to be the case, I think I'm going to pick Miami to win the series still. They took home court advantage. They got their game on the road, which is all they had to do. You go to the first two games in New York, all you had to do was win one, which is probably why they were comfortable letting Jimmy rest game two. It wasn't a big deal. If he comes, I feel like if it was a game seven, he would have played. So if he comes back with that extra couple of days of rest and plays, I think you've seen Gabe Vincent come alive. 
Kyle Lowry is doing good things again, weirdly. Kevin Love looks like he's a usable player in this series. Maybe that was just because Julius wasn't playing game one and it was easy for him to hide. Mm-hmm. I just I think they're getting enough from the guys they need to get stuff from that Jimmy can take them all the way. And especially if Julius isn't going to be entirely healthy, Brunson's dealing with a lagging injury. I'm, I'm going to trust Jimmy over them. It's reductive, yeah. but I, I think I'm still going to go with the Heat. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I do think that the Knicks just straight up have more talent than them from like head to toe compared to Miami. But because of Jimmy is Jimmy, he's the second coming of Jesus Christ whenever it's the playoffs <laughs> for some reason. Like I'm going to lean that way a little bit more. And also who he has on that bench, specifically Eric Spolstra and his ability just to put everybody take everybody's strengths and put you in the right position in the perfect place to win at the end of the day. Like it's, it's on them if, if they perform or not, but just like seeing how we putting Gabe Vincent in certain positions and like all the type of shots that he likes to take. And sometimes he makes them, he misses them and lately he's been making them or whatnot. Like, I just, I don't know. I just like that. I like to lean that way a little bit more. I wouldn't rely on RJ Barrett. He's been doing good. Shout out to him. Kudos to him. Like we're the number one, RJ Barrett haters, or at least two of the three of us are. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't. Nah, I just listen, don't I was it. I was starting to turn. I was starting to to turn off yeah. RJ, but he, he's come yeah. alive. I he won't fool me. It's two games. He won't fool me. <laughs> yeah, he won't fool me. <laughs> he's he's gotten hot from three game. before. He'll get hot from three again. I don't care. It, <laughs> but if he can stay hot for just three more games, then sure. then, the, then the Knicks are onto the East Conference Finals. I think. I think with RJ playing well and. Also, the Knicks are just out there. They're winning the boards by a very, very like high margin and they can rebound. And so like the offensive rebounding, which was always was like a really big deal in the Cavs series. It's the same thing here. And like I'm looking at the numbers now, the Knicks through two games are plus 13 on the on on the glass. That's crazy. They were they were plus 16 in game two. If they can control the boards and if they can get those those offensive rebounds and get extra possessions, I don't think I don't think Miami has enough defense to to continue to scramble and scramble and scramble off of those rebounds and, and defend the three. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, this is a weird series where because of the injuries we've seen so far, it's hard to have any really strong opinion about anything we've seen. Game one, no Julius. Game two, no Jimmy. It's like we haven't yeah. had a single game that we really learned what both teams are going to be like matchup wise, fully mm. strength with at full strength. Yeah. So it's like I don't even know what to say. Like it's if you went into it thinking the Heat were gonna win, I feel like you probably still think that way. If you went into it thinking the Knicks were gonna win, you probably still think that way too. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I also I'm looking at this series. I hate Jimmy Butler and his media day photo and the fact that it is still up <laughs> yeah. on NBA.com with the shaved face and the and the faux locks. This is crazy. I I can't stand this picture. But yeah, Jimmy, he's, a, he's a villain for real. But yes, Absolutely. I think I think the Knicks are are in good position. I think they right now are trending in the right direction. Whereas with the Heat, you're still and you're still hoping that um that Jimmy can play. Yeah, and you're yeah. Try, and you're trying to find offense from other sources. Where New York is starting to to click again. I think it was just a bad game one. And the Knicks, at least in the first half of game one, they were they were in control of that of that game, right? And and. Things things just kind of fell apart at the end, but they've, I feel like they've played better basketball in more quarters of this series than the Heat have, and so if we're just talking about finishing, if they're if they, I think at the end of the day we're just talking about being able to finish in the fourth quarter. They were able to do that in game two, and I don't think that Miami 
has some crazy home court advantage where the Knicks couldn't go in there and get a game and even the series up and make it, you know, a best of three. Yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, Miami's still at the mercy of injuries more than the Knicks are, so it might, it might come down to that. 100%. Fun fact, Mitchell Robinson is averaging more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. Having so five <laughs> offensive rebounds per game and four defensive rebounds, bro. That is so wacky, but so valuable. He's a monster. So, yeah, he's, he's a gonna, monster. Man, that's such a, a weird, strange quirk that's also incredibly valuable. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> going to get a good payday. He's going to get a good payday whenever his time comes. When does his time come? He was drafted know. in 2018. I, uh, I think they... Contract. Yeah, he was drafted in 2018, I know for sure. And... Uh, it may come. I don't know if it's gonna come this summer. It might come this summer, actually. Is it contract year, Mitchell? I can't. I can't remember what his no, contract no, 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 no. So Mitch, uh, Mitch signed a four-year, sixty million dollar deal oh, two did. years oh, ago. That's so right. So after, so he has next year, then the year after. Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, I forgot cool. he extended. You have two more it's years. Weird. You couldn't tell oh, because right. the way he'd be talking on Snapchat and shit, Thomas. I'm like, you know, not to be here. Like, who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was being a crybaby earlier this season. That was well. yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Had yeah. Pierre from Through the Wire saying, shut the hell up. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before we move on to TikTok time, one more thing we got to talk about that I forgot about. The Bucks have finally fired Coach Mike Budenholzer. Oh, broken hour time. Time to get a professional coach. Yeah, time to get a real guy in there that actually will coach and not just pep talk and build culture. Early early thoughts. Who do you think they're, they're getting? Nick Nurse. It's Nick Nurse. I feel like, I feel, I feel like they should be... A little bit worried, Nick Nurse. There's Nick- only one coach in the market that is more talented than Mike Budenholzer, and it's Nick Nurse. I would I lean like- towards Kenny Atkinson personally. I was, I was, thinking, I think it could be malpractice thinking- to give Giannis Kenny Atkinson. I was, I was thinking about Kenny. I think they should, I think they should interview Dan Tony. I do not. Like Dan I, <laughs> uh, I do. That's I do. I think. I think. I don't know. I think the. The problem with the with the Bucks is that their offense has been very very stagnant. E- even yeah. even when, even whenever they they've been good, and I think that even in Houston, they've had they had years where they had good defenses because D'Antoni just wasn't running the defense. And I think that potentially, right? You could, you should at least look at it and just say like maybe maybe we bring D'Antoni in, give the defense to somebody else. And also, if you have Drew, Brooke, and Giannis, you have enough of a defensive infrastructure to where you're not going to be trash on defense yeah. so like may, maybe maybe look at it right sure if, if, I you want the, a, if you want a different option the hard part is for all of bud's faults for his inability to adjust and not be a particularly creative offensive coach with that talent he is like the premier culture builder in the nba everywhere he goes he builds the best culture everybody buys in wants to be there and that's why the Bucks have been so good and their schemes have been so, like, you know, tight-knit. Yeah. Whether you say they're too tight-knit, yeah. but they've all bought in and done the way they want to be played. They All the players played the way the coach wants them to play because people will run through a fucking wall for Mike Budenholzer. Dan Tony's not that type of guy. So to go from 100 to zero in terms of locker room culture would be kind of tough. I feel like as, as long as you have Kostas Antetokounmpo doing the most unnecessary <laughs> things ever, you will be fine when you come in terms of coach. Thanasis? Yeah. Yeah, Thanasis, my bad. Fuck it, make him the coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have <laughs> oh, them boys man. playing rugby out there. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Nick Nurse is like a unique blend of the only guy you're going to find that's X's and O's better than Bud while also giving them a new voice in the locker room who 
He had issues with Toronto with a locker room presence. That's why he's that was, out. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni's like fucking useless as a locker room presence. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard that guy talk on a podcast? No. I've not. I've not heard, does, heard D'Antoni talk. He, he didn't motivate me as a podcast listener. He has <laughs> no bass in his voice. Yeah, I'm dead. He has no bass in his voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Well, let's do it. All right, cool. Yeah, right, that's, cool. that's, 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 Nick, a, that's, that's that on Nick, Dan Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, you're officially a Milwaukee Buck. Yeah, that's cool. We'll knight him. Shoulder, shoulder. All right, man. You know what time it is? Let's get to it. Tell him about it. First thing we're going to do, as always, we're going to start with the draft. This time we're going to do the best NBA menaces. NBA Let's menace draft. get it. Y'all are not, y'all are not ready. Y'all we are not the, ready. The most Black Air Force energy we can think about. Yeah. Let's release these demons out there. <laughs> yeah. Menace can mean anything. It could mean enforcer. It could mean asshole, bully, whatever it may be. We're going to leave it open to it and see where it goes. Absolutely. Let's do it. Who has the first pick? I have second pick. Who's before me? I think I, I do. Yeah. I think Donovan okay. has the first pick. Okay, I'm second, most third. Yeah. So, let's draft NBA. I tried to do the hand thing. <laughs> yeah. Do the shit. Let's draft <laughs> NBA lineup. See, now it feels weird because I'm just moving my head. Do just it. Do be shit. you. Be yeah. Let's draft NBA lineups. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace uh. <you. laughs> Let's draft NBA lineups with the. <laughs> I don't even phrase this. <laughs> let's draft NBA lineups with the greatest NBA menaces. We need Black Air Force energy. Yeah. All right, let me get the wildest dude in NBA history. Give me Dennis Rodman, first pick overall. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm going to go. Yeah, that's objective 1-1 right there. Yes. I'm going to go my second pick. I got him last draft. Give me Wilt Chamberlain, which you might not think of him (laughs) as a menace, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar told a story one time where he spit on a guy's head and said, how's the weather down there? It's raining up here. God. That's, That's disgusting. Menace. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. disgusting. That's nasty, bro. <laughs> All right, cool. Y'all, y'all came out swinging. Y'all came out absolutely swinging. Um, are, you, are you going with David West <laughs> <laughs> again? <laughs> that has to be you will one never of that down. the most fumbled. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. Give me the most hated man on the internet, Dylan Brooks, and then I'm gonna First and then I'm gonna loop wild. back. Yeah, I'm gonna loop back. Go ahead and give me NBA young boy DeJounte Murray. <laughs> he's a douchebag for no reason, bro. Shoving refs. Bro, he's bouncing balls head a ball off of Jabari Smith's head, bro. He's an ass, but I love it. <laughs> Second pick, give me one of the best trash talkers, Kevin Garnett. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. That's, that's good. Nice. That's good. I'm so surprised that this guy fell to me. Oh, I just remembered. Give me Ron Artest. Ah! Ah, damn. Y'all fumbled. Dennis yeah, Rodman and Ron Artest on the dude. same team? Yeah. We're winning every fight. We're, yeah. We might lose. We're going 0-82 on the uh. court, 82-0 on the fight. So, I have Dennis Rodman, Ron Artest. I'm mad that you picked Kevin Garnett, but I will get... You know what? Actually, no. I'll go with the guard. Give me Gary Payton. Ah, Ooh, that's, okay. a, that's a good pick. I like that. I like that. Who you got, Isaac? Okay, oh, my turn again? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I don't have... Hmm. Wow. Can't get Ron Artest. Not a lot of wings available here. I'm going to go with... You know what I'm going to go with? Who? <laughs> Give me Chris... 
Give me Christopher Emmanuel Paul. He's the a biggest, bitch. That's good. The, the most annoying <laughs> oh player in NBA yeah. history. <laughs> God, he's amazing, bro. I love that dude, but damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Now we might have to cut that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely cut that. Right. <laughs> okay, your turn. Alright, cool. Alright, so I got DeJounte Murray as my guard, and then I got Dylan Brooks as my two or three. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to shift things around on my lineup a little bit. So, give me give me Tony Parker. Do not bring your wife around that man. Ooh, Some very dangerous things will happen. That's good. And then that's on good. top of Tony Parker, give me the one of the most disrespectful superstars who's thriving today in the NBA, Jimmy Butler. He will harass your okay. coaching staff, your fans, <laughs> everybody, bro. Give me Jimmy Butler. Okay. That's okay. okay. I'm going to pick to fill my backcourt next to Chris Paul. Give me Patrick Beverly. How have we not picked this man? Nah, that's oh good. yeah, that's he's, good. He, I was hoping. I was hoping he he came back on is, my side. This man is a devil incarnate. Give me him. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let me let me see how to do this. So what do I have? So I have Dennis Rodman, Ron Artest, Gary Payton. Let me get. Let me get the guy who can get a technical foul just by looking at the ref. <laughs> Give me Rashid Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he was on my list. Damn. <laughs> That's uh. hilarious. All right. And then lastly, uh, okay, this this one's really tough. I, I, I wish I had a six-man so bad. But I need, anoth- I need another guard. Give me Bruce Bowen. <laughs> okay. Bruce Bowen literally kicked a man in the face during an NBA game. <laughs> I need that on my team. And sure. <laughs> while, while we're on the topic of kickers, give me Mr. Big Boot, NBA Shawn Michaels himself. Give me Draymond Green. <laughs> oh, damn. That's good. Damn. All right. I love that shit. I love that. Damn. All right. So I got I got Tony Parker, DeJounte Murray, Dylan Brooks, and Jimmy Butler. I need a big man. I'm going to get crushed in the paint. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead and give me, yeah. Go ahead and give me Ben Wallace. Okay. Yeah. That's go ahead good. and give me Ben Wallace. He's That's a mean he, man. Okay. Yeah. He's he, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like that wording right there. <laughs> a mean he is man. A mess. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Okay, next thing we're going to do after that draft. Actually, let's say our teams real quick. <laughs> yeah. I have Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly, Draymond Green, Kevin Garnett, and Will Chamberlain. It's a lot of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got Gary Payton, Bruce Bowen, Ron Artest, Dennis Rodman, and Rasheed Wallace. Ooh, yeah. That three front court is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're not looking to win games. You're just out here to see who can disrespect the most and get the most technical. Oh, 100%. Look at black eyes. This is, this is park basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got Tony Parker, DeJounte Murray, Dylan Brooks, Jimmy Butler, and Ben Wallace. My team caused okay. a commotion. <laughs> a lot of commotion. Yeah. We're causing a lot, a lot of ruckus on this side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right next thing we're gonna do we're gonna do the second staple that we always do every week now we're gonna do another tier list tier this list. time do it. we're gonna do a young players tier list okay so this will be good 
All these players are under 25 years old. Fair. So, let's put these young NBA players into a tier list. First off, Luka Doncic. He's S tier, right? S. Gotta be. Gotta yeah. be S tier. The best young player alive. Absolutely. Next up, another white boy, Tyler Hero. Ooh, this is he's a, a steep... B. B tier. I want to say. I kind of want to say he's C a B plus, but B is very fair. I just don't like. Yeah, him. he's a little too good for <laughs> C. But there's probably yeah. people in B who you're like, oh, he's definitely better. But he he definitely deserves B. Yeah, B is fair. He's improved in aspects here and there, and he's just one of the better shooters in the NBA. B for sure. Okay, John Morant. I want to say S. Is S too steep? I think like that'd be A. I think that'd be A. He's he's in a different tier than Luca's in a different tier by than himself. Ja. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I think A is fine. You're right. He had 26. I'm, I'm in the not playoffs. mad at you if you want to put Josh ja, ja at the bottom. I'm not mad at you if you want to put Ja at the bottom of S, but I I think he has to get a little more under his belt before he gets there. Yeah, A tier, A tier for sure. Pause. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a major pause. I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> no, you didn't want to ruin the TikTok, but okay, let's go. Shay Gildas Alexander. A tier as well. Yeah. A tier. Okay. Yeah, I thought so as well. A tier okay. as well. Yeah. What about Josh Giddy? C. He's. No, I want to say B, I, I would, but maybe B, C. B tier. Is Josh as good as Tyler? He does more things. <sighs> low key. Low key. I think they're in the same tier. That's so interesting. Listen, all the white boys are in B tier. Just put them there. All right? God. We're not going to overrate or underrate. Just put the white okay, boys there in B tier. All right, B. Move, stamp let's it. Let's move on. Jordan Poole. Oh, he's a C. C. He's been playing like C a C. Tier. I think he actually is B, but Ooh. he's been playing like a C. Yeah, does he deserve B? Like, he's, too incons- he's too inconsistent to be B. Okay. Last year he would have been B for sure, but yeah, I think he might have earned his way into C this year. Damn, that's tough. That's How old is Austin Reeves? Oh, hold on. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> but, Josh Poole, but Jordan Poole can definitely yeah. get himself back into there, though. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, listen, listen. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still in shock from from the shot that he took, which actually wasn't that bad of a shot. But, but yeah, he's gonna need to start making those shots to to get back in B tier. Yeah, yeah, it's a make or miss league. Let's let's give him C for now. Evan Mobley. B. He's not A yet. He's too good for B. He's he's on a different tier than Tyler Hero. And <laughs> he Josh just dropped Giddy. nine points in the playoffs. How is he too good for B? He, he was top three in Defense Player of the Year voting. He was top three, but he was. And bro. then the lights got too bright. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's put Are him. Are you in the same tier as Tyler Hero? I want to eyes and do that. I want to put him like B plus tier because I just don't feel like he's the. Do you are you do you want to put Evan Mobley in the same category as Ja and I don't and Shea? You're right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. No. Okay. You can't fine. Do that. He's B. You're right. You're yeah. right. He's B. Yeah. There we go. Just witnessed this man put up. Fuck. We just witnessed him put up Kenneth Ree type numbers, bro. Let's put him at <laughs> B. <laughs> that, what a name. Wildly, wildly disrespectful. <laughs> Last one. Austin Reeves. Is he white? <laughs> he is white. <laughs> put him in B. You're right. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> Perfect. The rules are simple. The rules are simple. If he's white, he's a B tier player. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> let's let's not. Yo, let's you're not, not wrong. Crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> let's not get too crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Next video. <laughs> Next thing we're going to do. Is y'all are gonna rank these point guards I name you without knowing who's next? One through five. 
One through five. Okay. Let's do it. So y- y'all have seen these TikToks usually in a randomizer. This yeah. time I'm the randomizer. I'm giving the names. Right. That's too much power. I don't like that. <laughs> Wait, I just deleted a name. Oh, there it is. Okay. So, rank these NBA point guards without knowing who's next. First one, Marcus Smart. I'm going to say four. The four is perfect. Four. Four. Perfect. four. You guys are going yeah. low. Okay. This, He's the defensive this, player but, of the year, but there's a lot of. I'll take so many. So many more point guards are in. Because he's a fraudulent DPOI. D. (laughs) Kyrie Irving. One or two. What do you think? If he has. I'll I'll say two. I'll say two. Yeah. Two's fair. Two's fair. I'll say two. Two's very fair. Listen, we're waiting on the the big hitters. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll say two. Alex Caruso. Five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> That's five. easy five. There's no worse. Okay. <laughs> ja Morant. Is he one? Ja, ja would be one. Yeah. One. Not gonna, what if I have Steph Curry? That'll be... You Listen, wouldn't do that had... to us. <laughs> okay, last one. Killian Hayes. Ah, he's, he's really five. There he's is put worse. Him at three now. <laughs> Damn, what a list. <laughs> Damn, there is worse than Alex Caruso, Kellyan Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> he got us. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> he tricked us. He tricked us. That was good. That's gonna be. That's gonna bang. Because <laughs> Kellyan Hayes is in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next thing we're gonna do. We've been doing a lot of which NBA logo is better, old or new, and which jersey is better, old or new, where we're comparing you know, the previous branding of a team to their current stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something similar, but it's going to be about players that play for those teams. So I'm going to do, let's say the hook now, which NBA player is better, old or new? And I'm going to keep it to the teams. Perfect. Nikola Jokic or Carmelo Anthony? Nuggets Jokic. Legends. Jokic does two MVPs. Yeah, two MVPs. Okay. It's Jokic. Yeah, just want to test. Te- I want to test your Carmelo standness over there. Yeah, exactly. Don't, a lot of people not going. A lot listen, of people. Listen, not you like ask it. me tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, listen, they lose game three. I don't know. <laughs> Only one fifteen is getting. There's a reason why they let Jokic carry that number fifteen, bro. Oh, yeah. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shea Gilders Alexander versus Gary Payton. I think it's still it's still Gary Payton right now, but yeah. Shay's but Shay's on his way though. He's Shay doing was at the Met Gala, bro. Gary Payton has never sniffed an event like that ooh. in his life. Yeah, Gary Payton has never worn a fit that hard. That is a yeah. strong point to consider. Yeah, exactly. Can he Gary, articulate Gary his thoughts? In in his, can he articulate his thoughts as well in them IG captions as Shay? I don't know, man. <laughs> listen, listen. Gary Payton was always busy in in April. Oh. That is true. Give me Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, realistically, Gary Payton still deserves yeah. it. But listen, a few more years of Shea averaging 30, he's going to be giving a run for his money. Agreed. Joel Embiid versus Allen Iverson. Now, this is this is so good. This is such a good MVP one. versus MVP. Yeah, MVP I'm taking versus AI. MVP. I'm taking AI. I know. Ooh. I know. I, listen, I know Joel is fire on both ends of the floor. AI has been to a conference finals. He's been to a finals. True. He's he's more durable than Joel Embiid is. True. Um, I think I would take him. Also, his vibes are just much better. It's, it's <laughs> Allen Iverson. Yeah, absolutely right. His swagger, his aura is just immaculate. 
But I have to take Joel Embiid, though. I think just straight up he's a better player. Yeah, call me a say, – say it's my age showing, but I'm picking Joel Embiid. I yeah. think that level of skill and defense plus playmaking plus scoring from a big man is super rare. I got, I got to go with that. Yeah, exactly, bro. Agreed. Y'all never, wore a, y'all never wore a sock as a shooting sleeve, I see. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were not influenced. Uh, I have been exposed. DeMarcus Cousins versus DeMontis Sabonis. Sacktown Big Men. Prime Boogie clears. Clears. He was nasty. He would have never been embarrassed the way Sabonis was. He never would have let Draymond stomp on his chest. Never. He would have stomped back. (laughs) Yeah, put Prime Boogie in this series against the Warriors. He's easily given him 26, 12, and 6, bro. And also, he's beating Draymond over the head with a chair like his TLC in WWE. (laughs) It's not even close. He he, he clears. I'm playing with Boogie. Neither one could really defend. They're both solid playmakers. Simonis is probably a better passer, but I think the scoring output of Demar, but I think the scoring of Demarcus Cousins is so much better that he probably gets the nod. Boogie would give Sabonis buckets right now. <laughs> and Puerto line Rico, line them up, line them, line them up, King of the Hill. <laughs> uh. All right, Luka Doncic versus Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, it's still Dirk. Ooh, it's still I Dirk. almost said Luka. Ah, hey, listen, nah, Dirk nah, deserves nah, 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 nah. it. Dirk's done way too much to lose it this fast, but when it's all said and done, I will not be shocked if Luca is a better player all the time. Yeah, he absolutely. Stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> but he's definitely he's definitely got to fucking make the play in first before he before we crown him anything. Yeah, Talk exactly. To yeah. Him. Talk to him. Yeah, let, let let him get back in the play in first before we get too crazy. Yeah, make the play in and start running a little bit more suicides, and I think he'll be straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Jason Tatum versus Paul Pierce. This is damn near equal. This is a hard one. Yeah, this is equal as hell. I'm going with Paul Pierce. I'm going with Paul Pierce. Tatum Tatum has not. Tatum hasn't shown me enough in the the playoffs. What is Paul Pierce better at, though? I think he's more clutch. (laughs) Okay, well... I mean, listen. What else? Mo, most most said that they're equal, right? And yeah. I, I truly, I truly think that like they, their, their impacts are are fairly similar, very equal. And at that point, it just comes down to vibes and who do I trust more? And I think I trust Paul Pierce more than I trust Jason Tatum. So I'll take him. Mm. Okay. I'm not gonna die. I want to lean Tatum. Same. But let me get one more. I want to lean Tatum, but let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. I can't talk. But I'm going to go Pierce until we see how this playoff run ends for Tatum. If he makes another finals run and shows that he can really perform at the highest level deep in the playoffs, then I'll give him the nod. Agreed. Let's roll. But I think on paper, though. he's probably better at more things. Yeah, agreed. Same. Yeah, because he's a better defender, probably a little bit better of a passer, just as good of a volume scorer. Like, I don't really see what Paul Pierce does better. Uh, Paul Pierce was stabbed multiple times and came back, <laughs> eight, and, came back and played 82 games. Ooh, durability. I forgot about that. The yeah, durability. durability is uh, <laughs> he survived yeah. the stabbing. So, yeah, I'll take Paul Pierce. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Okay, that's that. Next thing we're going to do is you guys are going to have to guess the all-time leaders in steals. Okay. Damn. So, let's see, one through five. Yeah, you guess a name, and then once you get it, I'll tell you where they were in the list. Perfect. So, All right. 
Can y'all guess the NBA all-time leaders in steals? I think we can. (laughs) (laughs) Can y'all guess the NBA all-time leaders in steals? I said it weird the first time. Go ahead. John Stockton. John Stockton is number one. Leandro Ball should have been on this list, but sadly he's not. (laughs) Let's. Is Gary Payne on this list? Chris Paul's definitely on this list. Gary Payne is number five. Ooh. And Chris Paul is number three. Oh, look at us go. Okay, okay. We need we need two and four. Okay. Ooh. All right. <laughs> the hard ones. Yikes. Two and four. Um, <laughs> yeah. You got the easy names out of the way. Let's let's go with Is is Pistol Pete on this list? Pistol Pete is not on this list. Damn. Okay. Pistol Pete is not even in the oh I'm on blocks. One second. Pistol Pete is number not relevant. He's not on here. Damn. Damn. Pistol Pete was a horrible guess. He's not even top 25. Wow. Damn. Is Nate Archibald is tiny. Nate Archibald is also not top 25. I'm just throwing out names now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Two and four. I feel like Paul Pierce is top 25. That's random. Wow. He's top 25. Uh, Is Mark Jackson on this list? Mark Jackson is not, and nor is Kobe Bryant. Damn. Okay. Uh, all right, let's see. Jordan's on this list, right? Jordan is number four. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So we yeah. need the second. Second. It's going to be a guard, I feel like. Yeah, I think about guys who yeah. played for a long time to be that high. Yeah. Second is a lot, dude. A lot uh, of fucking steals. He has 2,685 steals. That's a lot of steals. Who was number one again? John Stockton. Okay, cool. Is Steve Nash number two? Steve Nash is not number two. Mm. Sorry to break it to you. Dang. Someone who played for a very long time. Super sad. Jason Kidd? Bro, no. (laughs) Jason Kidd is number two. Ah! Okay. (laughs) He's ain't got to be lying. That's a W. Clutch. (laughs) Let's go. There we go. It's funny with the new TikTok thing now. I got to think, as I'm listening to you guys, I'm thinking about like, TikTok edit. I'm like, is this going to get yeah. a minute? Because no, they yeah. have to be a minute long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that too fast? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have one more video to do before we get out of here. Please. We're going to do another draft of sorts that we're going to test out. And if this goes well, maybe we'll start doing it every week. But instead of drafting teams, we're going to draft the perfect basketball player. So... You know, instead of one through five, we're going to go athleticism, handles, shooting, passing, and defense. Okay. And you got to pick a player for one of those spots. And then, obviously, if a player gets picked, you can't pick them from a different spot. And this is only current day players. Yeah, we're going to do players in the NBA right now. Perfect. Got you, got you. So, let's build the perfect NBA player. Well, how did I say I was going to phrase it? Um, let's build the perfect NBA player with skills from only existing Not existing. Let's current? build the perfect. <laughs> yeah, current. Let's build the perfect NBA player with skills from only current players. And then I guess I'll get first pick, Donovan second pick, Mo third yeah. pick. Let's do it. Let's move that way. Easy. Wait, first pick. Wait, is that wait is that how we do? Or am I third now? Oh, we're not doing it in the same order as the drafts. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I just threw. We'll do a different order for these. Bet. First pick. Give me Curry shooting. Is the is the easy one. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Give me Zion's athleticism. Oh, that's a good one. That's nice. 
That's nice. Okay. Uh, for passing, give me Luca's passing. Okay, I'm surprised you went passing ever. first, but okay. Yeah. Oh, and then, snake draft for this too. I think snake we draft? might as well. Yeah, we might as well. Go ahead. Yeah, we might as well. And then for shooting, it's only natural. Give me Clay Thompson. Oh, wait, actually, okay. I take that back. No, 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 You are only playing 20 minutes a night. You're going to try. Hey, them 20, you're going to feel them 20 minutes, though. Believe that. <laughs> oh. Buzz. Yeah. You could, I could, yeah buzz. <laughs> okay, wild. so I got, I got shooting, passing, and defense. For athleticism, give me – I got to – let me pick his teammate, John Morant, athleticism. Okay, that's a good pick. So you yeah. got a guard with all these skills. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I forgive me because I can't remember already. But give me Nikola Jokic's passing. Ooh, that's, that's nice. Pick. That's nice. Arguably the best passing in the NBA. Okay, so defense. Again, you let me get the best one. Give me Anthony Davis defense. Uh, not the best. He did not win Defensive Player of the Year, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you watched round one, you thought Jaron was a better defensive player than him. You're watching with your eyes closed. It's a regular season award. and lastly passing give me lebron james nice can't be mad at that i smoked y'all did y'all really did you i don't think you smoked (laughs) wait did you hear this i think the Giannis thing is really tough to get by yeah and the steph thing yeah the Giannis and the steph thing is really tough okay for handles loki give me paul george's handle Okay. I think there's Damn. a lot of better options, but that's not terrible. Damn. Uh, I think all I need is handles, too. I got athleticism. That's Josh. Shooting. Nate Thompson. Passing. I got... Uh, who the hell's my passing? Luca. Yeah, Luca's my passing. It's your first defense. pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Defense. Did I choose defense already? You got Jaron. Yeah, Jaron. So, for handles, no, 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 give nothing. me... Give me Trey Young for handles. I'm going to be slippery as all on the court. (laughs) 
All right. Well, that's the end of that video. I have Steph Curry shooting, Giannis athleticism, Kyrie Irving handles, LeBron James passing, and Anthony Davis defense. With Giannis's athleticism, though, does that mean you have Giannis's body too? Because that that yeah. changes things. You got Giannis's body too. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that's different. You got that 2K player build. All right. So for I got I got John Moran athleticism, Clay Thompson shooting, I got Trey Young handles, Luca passing. And Jaron Jackson Jr. defense. I think I did damn good. That's disgusting. You have a, you have a guard as the best shot blocker in the league. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Guard, best shot blocking guard in the goddamn league. Yeah, who shoots like Clay? Goddamn, so tough to stop. Yeah, that's that's crazy. All right, I have I have Zion's athleticism. Wait, let me let me get this right. Okay, I have Zion's athleticism, Paul George handles, Damian Lillard shooting, Nikola Jokic passing, and Bam Adebayo defense. That's, listen, that's tough. That's tough. 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 Yo, that fucked up and let me like obliterate PK you, but you, you have though? a good second. Imagine it's... Zion Williamson pulling from half court. That's... We're cooked. Yeah, there's no, there's no stopping that. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. That's me. That's me. <laughs> now imagine Giannis doing it. Nah. That's me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, man. That's the end of the episode. Donovan, what should they comment? I have the, You can't put me on the spot like this. I don't know. Comment, could, uh, comment heat and seven. Heat oh, and seven. Bum. Ooh. <laughs> you bum. You That's the end of the episode. See ya.